Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where you could tune in to be with the world's most inspiring and exciting leaders in healthcare so that you could avoid inefficiency and beat the common enemy, which is bad outcomes. We have a lot of interesting guests on the show, and today I actually have a special treat for you all. It's uh, somebody that actually works outside of healthcare in marketing. Her name is Susana Oliva. She's the CEO and founder of Bigfoot. It's a company that specializes in helping firms deal with the accelerated pace, understand what's coming around the corner so they could better prepare for innovation in the fast-changing world. Susana's had various positions uh, across her career in marketing and strategy, but now she's running her own firm, helping people do what she loves. So Susana, I've covered a little bit about what you've done in the past. Maybe you want to fill in any of the gaps that I may have missed in your introduction. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Saul. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, a little bit about that. I do come from marketing. I'm an engineer. That's where I really come from. But my huge passion is, uh, has to do with future and basically because of health reasons. Not personally, but uh, it's kind of like a, a big thing in my family. My dad is really keen on, on having health like 100% of his time. So I kind of like just flew into that from the very beginning of my life. And yeah. I love it. I love it. A bit more about what we are doing right here is that these are really changing, fast-changing times. So being ahead of the game and learning a bit more of what is coming your way in any kind of business, and of course, the health business is one of those, it's extremely important because you can prepare and you don't get caught with your fingers uh, halfway in the draw, right? So yes, that's exactly what we're doing. I think it's something that's becoming more and more important. Not every firm understands exactly what it is, but as soon as they do, they realize the importance this has. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Susana, as we work with the changing times in, you know, not only the United States, but also across Latin America, where you are, and across the globe in, in Europe and Asia, the thing that we're faced with is that healthcare systems are just so big. And it takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of resources to make shifts in direction. What type of uh, frameworks have you used or tips can you give our listeners when considering to make changes and maybe predicting what's coming around the corner? Yeah, well, specifically for my markets, I think there's big, big things coming ahead because they're really big because of one reason. These are emerging markets, so there's a lot of people in need. When I talk about Latin America, I'm thinking of like 650 million people. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. A lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really sure, but maybe it's twice the amount of people that you have in the U.S., right? So for this huge population where you could find at the base of the economic pyramid around from 50% to 75% of of those people, you are talking about a lot of people in need, in need of very primary things, uh, things like health. Mm -hmm. So I think that we are facing right now a big change, a big shift in how things have been done from the very first industrial era where if you had the money, you were rich, you could invest in technology and basically you could 
help the world or help those uh, get access to whatever you did with that technology. So that's how things were done. But I know for a fact that Silicon Valley and everywhere else where technology is pushing or being pushed to serve the needs of the world, this idea is completely changing the industry. So you don't have to be rich anymore to access technology and to give solutions, to bring solutions to people. And the more needy these people are, as soon as they have access to technology, the bigger solutions these or the faster these solutions they'll be implemented into whatever system health in this case so if we think of 75% of a population of a country where people do not have access to the health whatever system they have they're going to find that health or those health solutions on their own and somebody is going to provide it so that's going to change the game the complete game it's going to be a lot more fragmented it's going to be a lot more within the people solutions are coming from those places and i guess the end result will be fantastic because what you have what you will have is a lot of people with technology with solutions provided by technology for their health so right now i'm not so sure that you have a big idea of how the system works in Mexico. We have health care taken for us in the hands of the government since a long time ago. And people have access to this in whatever ways they need to. You can be someone employed. You cannot, you don't have to be employed. You could just access and give a small amount of money. And the big thing here is people do have some kind of health supporting system, but it's not really good. So at the end of the game, big failures are happening constantly and people will not be aware if they are able to stay healthy and in the worst case, they die or lose someone because the system doesn't work, which is horrible. So um, the shifts will, of course, be changing, happening, and uh, people will definitely have a lot better access to health in very different ways. And this is, of course, when we're talking about diseases. But if we're talking about preventive health, then it's a completely different thing. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, Susana. And, and for the listeners, we have a good mix of people listening in. It's uh, the people that are in industry. You know, one of the things that I have seen, and this message goes out to the leaders of med device companies and uh, pharmaceutical companies, as your market starts to get saturated here in the United States and you're looking to expand you know, Latin America is, is a great place to do that. And as Susana has alluded to, there's a lot of uh, opportunity, but there's also a lot of challenges. And so within the challenges lies the opportunity. And so Susana, for any uh, med device or pharmaceutical company looking to expand to Mexico, what advice would you give them? Well, definitely. There are, I do think that there are strategies and they wouldn't be very much different to any other industry because basically needs are not just health, they're everywhere. I think the biggest idea here is you have to serve low-income customers because there's loads of them and there's tons of people in need. So if you have strategies aimed at serving low-income customers in emerging countries or emerging markets, you have a big chunk, big piece of the market there. You also have, you can also plan on huge volumes But I do think that there are different ways to approach this because on one hand, you cannot pretend to have huge profits as this has always been. I know that that kind of industry, the industry that is uh, focused on health as well as others, maybe 
they do intend to have huge profits for the sake of investing in innovation. And there was a reason for this. But again, if we rethink this model and we again think that technology is everywhere, it's cheaper, everyone has access today, maybe big ideas can come from anywhere else. And you don't have to sponsor them directly, but you do, your role changes. You're not necessarily always going to be the one with a huge idea to save the world. Maybe that idea comes from somewhere else and your new role depends now on being within that country, being within the population and helping as the person or helping as the entity that will take that solution to everyone. So it changes a bit. You're not just the man with the idea. Now you're the person with, or the woman with the idea. You're now right. who is going to spread that idea to the people in need. And that, of course, is, uh, we're talking about different margins here. We're talking about different profits and a different role altogether. Maybe you would rethink on not just being the one who serves, but sometimes helping people serve themselves. So that would also be a consideration for the industry. So we're talking about changes in profit, changes possibly in the human talent that they need, changes in the distribution systems that they have as well. And of course, in the baseline of, of this industry, changes in where the ideas come from, changes in the solutions for health, where, how they're going to reach your chain, your production and your yeah, the ideas altogether, the pipeline of the company. So I think those are huge changes for the health sure. and for pharmaceuticals specifically. And as one of the challenges that I think a lot of companies and really even hospitals here in the U.S. are, are experiencing, Susana, is uh, access, giving people access to healthcare. And uh, there's really a problem of the technologies that are being offered the services that are being offered by the hospital, they're very costly. And um, it's really kind of inflated pricing on these things to the point where it's putting our country in debt and, and just creating an even bigger problem as it relates to that. We got to find a way to make it more affordable and provide more access. As companies try to do that in countries in Latin America, I find that one of the challenges is, like you said, you know, that profitability. How can you stay profitable and still distribute at a lower price point? What are your thoughts about that? I think if we crack this, <laughs> Saul, <laughs> we basically have, we cracked a whole shift in all industries. Because you see, that's kind of like the big thing that no CEO today wants to hear. But it's true. It's a reality. And all I see is that one day, a small guy, generation said, 20-year-old guy or girl is going to come up with a fantastic solution for a huge thing that is today concerning the big, big, big industries. And um, let's take healthcare, of course. Let's say we have a solution to cancer. I've seen during the past year a couple of labs that do bring up great solutions to, for early detection of cancer. And both of them were uh, swallowed by a big player. And I can understand that they would love to have these kind of solutions for themselves and, of course, distribute and make a lot of money out of them. But 
it's impossible to think that one solution is going to be the only one across the world and they're going to be the only owners because there's going to pop up another idea of how to give that same solution in a different way from someone. Mm -hmm. And then another one and another one and you can't buy them all and you can't have them all to yourself. So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And I guess that everybody today, it's pretty obvious that it is going to happen. The difference is when are we going to be ready to let it happen? And possibly, I think that the next role, we have to check this out. Because as soon as consumers, and in this case, as soon as patients realize that you are not the only provider, that they can get this from somewhere else, you won't be losing them just for that. Uh, solution, you're going to lose them all together for whatever other solution. Because we're talking about health here, we're talking about your life. Mm -hmm. So if I cannot trust a huge company that used to give me the one solution that I know, maybe five or 10 different solutions that I've used throughout my life with my family, being a mom and for myself. But then later in time, I catch a big disease or someone in my family catches a big disease, I do not get the help or the support from that company and forget about it. I'm not coming back ever. And I'm going to spread the word. That right. So, I mean, it's a human thing to try to give out big solutions. But when we're talking big money, people just kind of like lose sight of that. And it's going to cost twice as much or maybe a lot more than that because you cannot mess with health. And you cannot mess with families. You cannot mess with the big, big deals in life. So it is a huge thing. When, when I talk to CEOs of different industries, other kinds of industries, they are facing exactly the same thing. In a QSR company, for instance, a, a brand, I cannot name them, but they cannot understand why they are losing a popularity. And altogether in a country like this, or maybe Latin America for the whole, it's the same thing. You have lots of different solutions to eating throughout the day. And there's people selling food on the streets. It might not be as healthy. They might not take good care of, of your health at all. But the driver is not necessarily that. It's you're hungry. And guess what? Technology is providing food for a lesser cost so you can eat cheaper. And uh, these companies are really stubborn. They need to make more profits. That's the goal. So they cannot compete anymore. And it's kind of, they're really struggling on how we're going to face that we have to get more restaurants out there. We have to increase the frequency and all sorts of different yeah, ideas, strategies, mechanics to make it work. It's not going to work. They have to lower the price of the food that they're selling. Why? Because technology is enabling it. And the big demand here is that people are absolutely aware of that. It's that tipping point, right? You got to get to the time when industry, there's going to be so many options that eventually we're going to have to find a way to, these big companies will have to find a way to lower the price. And I think that's the long-term game. And in the process, I'm reminded of the story of, I think it was Kodak. For a long time, they had their pictures or their cameras and they made their money, their razor blades, so to speak, were the film. And they're actually the ones that invented the digital photo, but just decided it wasn't going to be the next thing. It wasn't going to make them any money. Well, the irony is that eventually that business went bankrupt 
And on the same year that that business went bankrupt, Instagram got bought by Facebook for a billion dollars. And so these little shifts are happening all around us. And when I think of of Latin America, Susana, I, I had the privilege of working with a company, a spinal implant company out there. And um, it's very interesting the way that business is done and also the healthcare system works that, yeah, you know, we went with a distributor model. So in the U.S., we were direct. We were selling the implants through the corporation. In, in Mexico, we were selling them through a distributor. And it's those cells, those pockets of relationships. It's just a, a different flow of things. Being able to address cultural differences is, is important too. What advice would you give the folks listening in just as far as cultural advice for them to better work in this framework of Latin America? And then we could shift on to a a different topic. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yes. In terms of culture, I think culture is going to be starting to move faster as well. So today we have, when you study culture, you have to go like on, on two trends. They're really big. And you can see this in every single country around the world. It's not just Latin America. You see fast trends on one side, right? You see fast culture moving. And these are people who, it's like the top and the bottom of the economic pyramid. Why? Because the top of the pyramid is really well-educated and then the bottom, bottom is really needy. So there's a lot of movement in that. So these top and bottom people are shifting cultural together. And then you see a middle class that is not necessarily that keen on change. And when they come in, then you see the opposite culture, like moving in. It's like slow culture, we call it. So it depends on your strategy, on how you want to enter the market, because you can focus on either ends. Susana, I just want to understand a little bit better. So I heard you say slow culture and fast culture. Can you dive into that a little bit? I'm not sure that I understand, or maybe the listeners could understand better. Yeah, fast culture would be, for instance, yeah, let's say, okay, I give up old beliefs. I give up, we see a lot of this, for instance, in diversity. We see people who are really keen on uh, having families, uh, new kinds of families pop up, and they're okay with having uh, these new kinds of families hanging around in the same school as your kids, right? Yeah. That's one. But then on the other side, you would see slow culture, people who were not willing at all to do that. In fact, they would, if one of their kids got pregnant, for instance, they would tell him, you have to be married. You have to be married. It's like, got it. So it's more traditional versus more progressive cultures. Absolutely. Got it. I'm with you. I'm with you. New beliefs, old beliefs, and uh, altogether new, new habits and old habits. So that's it. It depends a lot on everybody's moving altogether. Yes, we are as a country, as countries, we are all moving. But you're going to find those drawbacks a lot yep. in very traditional countries such as this. So, yes, if you have a strategy on bringing solutions, you might want to rethink. Culture is a big deal. So you might to want to rethink if you need to address your population, your targets as in the fast lane of culture, or you want to go back or you want to help those who are not changing as, as fast to feel comfortable with a more slow culture approach. So yes, you do have to take that a lot into consideration at the business wise. Yeah, no, that's really great. And as we get closer to the end of the show here, Susana, we usually do a little uh, lightning round. And so given that you're out of the industry, we're going to take a different turn on this. So I'm going to ask you in a different 
different way. So what is the biggest mistake or pitfall that healthcare leaders should avoid in addressing change and potentially even entering the Latin American markets? Yeah, well, I guess that we kind of touched this already because I would really think that health leaders have to really tap into humanity. They really have to re- go back to the days when they made an oath thinking of what they were here for, why they were going to serve. They made an oath of, and not every profession does this. I guess they're kind of like, there must be two or three different professions that do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> like lawyers. And yes, but it, health is definitely one of them. You made an oath to really work for humanity and they're not doing that. And I'm sorry for, for saying this so harshly, but it's so true. I went through a cancer last year Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so understanding of how it's working. I had to be treated in Mexico, but also in the U.S. And uh, I'm completely out of that problem, thank God. That's great to the hear. End of the day. Thank you, yeah. But uh, it was, I noticed this lack of real, true wanting to help patients. Not necessarily yeah. like myself, but like another bunch of people that I went through with. And sometimes it's not the systems, not, not the doctors, not the one specific person in the system's fault. Yeah. It's not like that. What I found was that the complete system is somehow locked into what the whole complete industry has taught them. And, and I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. When I, the team of people, the oncologists and, and the doctors that attended me, they themselves knew that they didn't have all the answers. So being in trends and being in future, of course, I had a lot of people who understood a, a lot more than they did. So I went out into the States. I went to other countries in Europe as well and Asia even to find other solutions. I found two or three and that were really helping my cause and someone else's cause. And I couldn't take any of those treatments because I was already into the system, what the system said I had to do, which was, of course, chemo and another set of things. But then by the time I came out and I was ready to take the alternative treatment, the alternative treatment was already taken by a big lab and there was no access anymore. Mm. So I had to push my way into different people, people who had access, but this was like, really, you had to be a privileged person to get in there. And I found my way and I did, at the end of the day, have access. But I wonder if my doctors would have had, from the very beginning, if they would have had the knowledge that this was there, they wouldn't have let me necessarily made me go through the whole process that I did. And um, solutions could have been very different, tested or not. Some are, some are not. And the big deal here is they do not have access because the system won't let them have access. Right. They're not taught at the schools, right? So it's kind of like uh, the system works for the industry today as it is. And until that system realizes that they should be helping people in the best way they can. And that is not necessarily with the profits that they have today. Until that happens, the system will not let these solutions pop up. Unless, of course, as I said before, people, ordinary people like myself and others come up with bigger solutions, easier solutions and Solutions that are easier to hang out to or head, uh, yeah, give away to people in need. Yeah, that, that would be my recommendation. Basically, 
I think they're going to have to do it. It's a matter of time. Susana, thank you for sharing that very personal story. And I'm, I'm glad that you're, you have recovered. And um, it sounds like it was a difficult time. And, and yeah, you know, this idea that sometimes not knowing could be the most dangerous thing. And what the system does to allow or not allow different options could sometimes be detrimental to the patient. And I give you credit for going beyond the options that you had in front of you. You've been involved in a lot of these different groups for the betterment of medicine and you were able to do it, but there's so many people that can't. And so as that was actually part of the inspiration for starting the show, Susana, is that we work in silos in healthcare. And I think that by sharing these ideas, having these conversations, we're going to be able to pave the way to knowledge and that knowledge will eventually turn into more empowered people that will then be able to take action for their own health. And so I really appreciate you sharing that story. Thank you, Saul. Yeah, and then sometimes maybe, yes, in a, in a developed country, people will access this through knowledge. But when you talk about huge populations, such as the ones we have in Latin America, where by the time we reach an educated population, I mean, that's going to happen two or three generations from now, and we cannot wait that long. But I think access will come from people who do want to bring solutions to the world, good-hearted people who have access to technology and can really spread that out. You don't have to be educated. You won't have to be educated. You can simply just reach out, ask for help, and someone's going to get that help to you. And that's going to be the new line of business, helping. So if you want to be in the future line of business, you'd better start helping today. <laughs> That's the we have to build on, right? There, That's exactly it. There you have it, Outcomes Rocket listeners. If you are not helping, you are going to go out of business. Right. <laughs> Susana, so I'd like to just have you share one closing thought. And then uh, if you want the listeners to get in touch, the best place they could get in touch with you. Yeah, well, the closing idea here would be that healthcare is not the only industry in change. Every single industry is, is changing. And in fact, there are several industries that are not health today that are clashing into health. So beware because um, health, uh, no, it's, uh, I did want to talk a little bit about this, but it's the food industry is building credentials on health, on preventive health, and they're going to do it fast. And these people are really good players out there. So they might want to start an extra game out there with a different idea of profits. They're not used to 60s. They're not used to 50%. They're not even used to 40s. I mean, those people sometimes work with 12s, right? So mm -hmm. they have a different business model in mind and they are pushing in. So we'd better be ready for that. And we should start uh, working different kinds of games to be ahead in the future. And then that would be my closing thought. And of course, if you happen to need help to enter the market in a disruptive way for Latin America, we're always ready to help. That's our expertise. And where could they get a hold of you if they wanted to? Yeah, we're at uh, bigfoot.com.mx. That would be www.bigfoot, like sasquatch.com.mx. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And Outcomes Rocket listeners, what we'll do as with all of the other shows, we'll, we'll uh, put 
the contact information for Susana and any of the takeaway points in the show notes, just visit us at outcomesrocket.com. Type in Susana in the search bar and you'll see her interview come up. Susana, I really want to thank you for taking the time here to walk us through this idea of just changing times and, and also how to get into Latin America. I really appreciate the conversation and I just want to wish you the best out there and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you very much, Saul. It has been a pleasure and thank you all for listening. Get excited for Health 2.0's 11th Annual Fall Conference and save $100 with this promo code, FALL17ROCKET. That's F-A-L-L 17-R-O-C-K-E-T. At this one-of-a-kind conference, you'll discover the latest innovation and hear the hottest topics and trends in health tech. Join 2,000 decision makers, including healthcare providers, developers, investors, and startups, as they gather to see over 200 live product demos, 100 plus thought leaders, and 10 new company launches. Visit outcomesrocket.com/health20. That's outcomesrocket.com/health20. And use promo code FALL17ROCKET to get $100 off of this outstanding and exciting event. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 